In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Politically Georgia podcast, where we bring you news and analysis from all the latest Georgia shenanigans in Congress and under the Gold Dome. Today, we're joined by the AJC's fantastic Washington correspondent, Tia Mitchell, who's already up in freezing D.C. How's it going, Tia? I'm doing well. D.C. is pretty cold, but from what I understand, I'm not missing much warmer weather in Atlanta, so that makes me not feel so bad. Yeah, the Arctic blast has blanketed the South, and yeah, it's a, you know, when it, when you wake up and it's 20-something degrees outside, it's not a fun morning. Um, but we'll be talking about what is a giant week in Georgia politics. I mean, last week we had President Trump come in for a visit, uh, but this week will be even busier. And you all know right now the biggest highlight is the Wednesday Democratic debate that will be all over primetime and, 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 and the focus of so much coverage. But there are a lot of events surrounding that, um, starting with Sunday, Nikki Haley is coming to town to speak at a book festival. On Monday, we've got Hillary Clinton coming to the same book festival in Dunwoody to speak to a large group. You've also got the deadline for Governor Kemp's online applications for the Senate. And that's just the start of a very frenetic week. Wednesday, not only is the Democratic presidential debate, but also Barack Obama will be speaking to an environmental uh, conference. And then you've got speculation all week because once the governor closes that application process, he can appoint a U.S. senator to replace Johnny Isaacson at any moment. So the rest of the week we have potentially – you know, just another U.S. Senate uh, appointment. So a lot of news coming in a very short time. It's going to be such a fun week. I am excited about all of it. Of course, the the debate is the highlight. And you and I are looking forward to uh, covering the, the debate from Tyler Perry Studios. But it's just, I mean, I just think it shows again how Georgia, specifically, you know, the Atlanta area, of course, but you know, people are coming here because they think Georgia is going to play a role in 2020 and beyond. So it's just a fun time to be a journalist covering all the action, witnessing history. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mentioned Clinton, Obama, 10 presidential candidates crisscrossing uh, the state around the same time. But um, what we didn't really delve into is the visits because we know of a few specifics, but we know that all the, that most of these 10 candidates who will be on that stage on Wednesday are going to have fundraisers here and have rallies here and have 
you know, keynote speeches here. And we don't know all the details at this at the time of this taping, but here's what we know. We know that Pete Buttigieg, the, the mayor of South Bend, um, Indiana, will have a roll out his own African-American voter outreach initiative at Clark Atlanta University is, is I think, the staging point for that. And I think it will be, um, from what I'm hearing, it will be Monday. Um, so we'll, we'll have that coming. Um, and we'll also have Senator Elizabeth Warren, who will have an event on Thursday focusing on the domestic workers' rights movement that really, you know, got a jump start in Atlanta more than a hundred years ago. So she'll be she'll be at an HBCU talking about that. So we can already see a little bit of a theme here. These candidates going to the cradle of the civil rights movement, taking advantage of it by going to talk to talk to students and, and others at HBCUs. Right. And I you know, there was a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks about Mayor Buttigieg and his support or lack thereof amongst Mm -hmm. African-American voters. And specifically as he looks towards South Carolina as one of those states he needs to win. And there's been talk about, well, why is his support lagging among black voters? Does it have to do with the fact that he is gay and married? And um, there's been a lot of pushback about that and that, you know, that number one, conservatives who may not support a gay candidate, that's something universal. That's not something that is just constrained to black people. But also there was a lot of pushback on the fact that that has anything to do at all with uh, Mayor Pete's uh, lack of support. Maybe it's just because, again, we know that a lot of black folks are behind Joe Biden, especially um, older black voters, you know, they're kind of with Biden and not interested in changing their minds. But either way, no matter what you believe as to why Mayor Pete's support is lagging amongst African Americans, he's clearly looking at it, working on it. And now he's launching this event specifically to try to, you know, improve his standing. Yeah, it's going to be really fascinating because a lot of these candidates are looking for their Obama moment. And I say that because, of course, back in 2008, it was a similar dynamic with Hillary Clinton. When when Obama was running against Hillary Clinton as the two main Democratic contenders, Hillary Clinton had, uh, partly because of her husband's popular, popularity with African-American voters, had a very durable connection. Um, she was she was up in the polls in many of these early battleground states with with black voters. She, uh, it, uh, Obama almost needed this this sort of uh, turning point in order to convince African American voters that he was a viable candidate who they should put their trust in. And when, once you saw that, you saw a number of leading black politicians, including John Lewis here in Georgia. Um, come out for Obama and, and, and turn their back on, the, on, on, on Hillary Clinton way back when. Uh, so, so this could be a moment where Buttigieg is trying to do the same thing, but it's so much more complicated because we talked about 10 candidates being on the debate stage. Well, there's, there's almost double that out there um, running and two new candidates as what we talk about in the other podcast, Deval Patrick and Michael Bloomberg, who are also competing for, for the same electorate. So it's going to be really hard for him to do that, but it'll be really fun to see him try to do that here in Atlanta. Right. And, you know, you bring up the point about the Obama moment, and but that's the point. Obama started winning primaries. And so those, you know, and Obama had support. He won Iowa. You know, yeah. he won Iowa. In, in South Carolina, in my opinion, was like a big turning point because it was like mm-hmm. he could win a state. You know, Iowa 
if you organize well, even a quote unquote second tier fringe candidate can win in Iowa because it's all about how you organize and work the caucuses. But in a more traditional, you know, Southern state, when he won South Carolina, it made the the people who were supporting Hillary Clinton out of allegiance to Bill Clinton had been hearing from voters in their districts, had been hearing from regular folks that Obama had momentum. He had momentum, you know, pretty early, but it was kind of the the political ruling class, that old guard of African-Americans that were hesitant to support Obama. But when he started mm-hmm. winning primaries, they kind of had no choice but to get in line, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the difference with um, Mayor Pete, you know. Now, if he starts winning some primaries, I'm sure folks will get in line behind him. And that's why, you know, everyone's looking forward to these first primary states, even though we're still, um, you know, about three months away from that. But the voters, at the end of the day, it's the voters who are going to determine how this shakes out. And you can have all the endorsements you want. And that goes for Joe Biden. You can have all the endorsements you want and all the kind of institutional support that that you that you want. But if voters aren't going to the polls in these primaries, if you can't get your people fired up to organize in caucus in Iowa, you won't be able to stay in the race. Exactly. And and since you mentioned Biden, let's talk about him because we already talked about two other candidates' plans that we know about. Well, Joe Biden will also be um, in, in Georgia staying, of course, after the debate. He has an event um, that we're not sure exactly what the event will be yet. But he has an event the Thursday after the debate, and he's also already planning some private get-togethers with very influential labor leaders and party officials here um, the day of the debate. And look, you you talked about endorsements, um, and, and they certainly don't rule the roost, but he does have the lion's share of endorsements of any presidential candidate um, here, leading with uh, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. He has former U.S. Senator Max Cleland, and he has a number of state lawmakers and local officials and one of the most prominent state lawmakers in Georgia and Calvin Smyre, the dean of the state house, has backed Joe Biden. So he's got a lot of uh, potential surrogates to, to, to boost his campaign. And as we've noted on this on this podcast and in, in the AJC plenty of times before, uh, they're not just endorsing him. And if you're in the case of Mayor Mayor Bottoms, she's actually out there stumping for him. She's been to Iowa. She's been to South Carolina. She's been to Texas, boosting his campaign in person, really putting her capital, her political capital on the line for him. Yes. And I do think that's, you know, the difference between, you know, Joe Biden in 2016 and Hillary Clinton in 20. 2008 is that there is no kind of up and coming person nipping at your heels, you know, and he does kind of have the luxury of being able to boast, at least for now, that he has all the endorsements, you know, the heavy hitters who are coming out, a lot of them are supporting you know, Biden for now. And, and he's able to kind of rest on that because there's no challenger who's kind of trying to draft some of that, some of that momentum away from him. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, that's the difference that, you know, Hillary Clinton, unfortunately had to deal with this, this guy with all this crazy, crazy support amongst the Democratic base, the voters, you know, those African-American voters, those young voters got fired up from Obama, for Obama, and she was never able to overcome that. Right now, there's no one, as we discussed in the last podcast, 
right now, there's no one candidate that's really, really firing people up. Now you've got segments, you've got your Bernie folks, you've got your Elizabeth Warren folks, you got your Mayor Pete folks, but you know, in, in what remains to be seen is if any of them either start dropping out or start getting people to coalesce around kind of a Biden alternative, we'll see how those dynamics start to affect the tone of the race. You're exactly right. There's been no consensus candidate yet. And the fun part of this for, for, for us this week is we'll be able to see, and Georgians as well, will be able to see f- for themselves up close and personal these candidates' pitches. We'll have a lot of mo- a lot more details on AJC.com as we get them about where these candidates will be, what they'll be doing, um, where you can find them, because there's only going to be a very small amount of people allowed in the debate hall. Um, I've, I've heard, you know, as, as few of just a few hundred tickets will be will be awarded by the by the Democratic Party here in Georgia, um, and of course, we will be right next door in the media center. Um, both Tia and I and Jim, Jim Galloway um, and our fantastic photographer, Alyssa Pointer and Ryan Horn on video. So we'll have a team of five reporters in covering the debate from the debate um, area, but we'll also have a giant team of reporters and photographers and producers and social media gurus and all these other people who are we covering the protests and watch parties and presidential visits because it's far more than T and I alone can, can handle. There'll be, there'll be, it's going to be a very fun and crazy week. It's going to be a blast. And I'm just encouraging all you listeners, stay tuned. Make sure you're following AJC on social media because we have so much we're going to be bringing to you guys during debate week. It's going to be so amazing. And we'll leave it at that. Tia, thank you so much, as always, for joining the podcast. Of course. That's all for this edition of the Politically Georgia podcast. Visit AJC.com politics for all the latest in Georgia news. I'm Greg Bluestein signing off. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter.